The GovX show is supported by Forrester, helping government organisations perform at their best. Visit forrester.com to learn more. Hello again and welcome to the GovX show. I'm Tim Coulthard, Community Director here at GovX Digital and your regular host of the show. Delighted to say that joining me today is Lyndon Fraser from the team at Google Chrome Enterprise, and he's going to be helping us explore the future of the digital workplace. Hybrid models, remote working, new forms of hardware, new forms of software have all come into play in the past 18 months. And now public sector organisations are looking to embed that change into something permanent and something that will work for both teams, but also continue to deliver high quality outcomes in terms of service delivery on the front line. So we're going to explore what that means. What's the hardware, software? What's the inclusion aspects, accessibility, security, all these things that digital teams are wrestling with as they look to make this permanent solution. So we're going to jump into that conversation very shortly. And just to flag that Lyndon's also going to join us at the Local Government Transformation Show next month to discuss this in more detail with a panel of experts from local government who are leading the way in this digital transformation. So lots to get into. Let's jump into that conversation now. So, Lyndon, welcome to the GovX show. Really great to have you joining us today. Thanks for hosting me today, Tim. Look forward to the discussion. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into this because... As we know, a lot's changed in the world in the past 18 months or so. And one of those main areas is how and where we work. And, and there's some really interesting topics to delve into there. So looking forward to jumping into that. Before we do get into some of that, though, it'd be really interesting to hear about your background. Uh, you're obviously with Google Chrome Enterprise, but I know you've had a sort of interesting journey along the way. So let's set the scene by hearing a bit about your background and how it's led you to this point today. Yeah, sure thing. So. I actually, I grew up in Vancouver in, in Canada and, and came over to the UK in 1996. Both my parents are English. I, I always mention this because I, I find people can be distracted otherwise trying to place where my slightly bizarre accent is, is from. Um, bit of a mix. Uh, live with my wife and three boys, all under eight. So this new world of working from home and homeschooling and Hot Wheels cars being regularly smashed against my office door. Um, I, I've been there, right, as, as we all have, um, as, as you say, over the last 18 months. Um, Work-wise, uh, I, I actually began work in, in London back in 1999 uh, for a business that was selling information to companies on, on CD-ROMs, which I guess some listeners will remember what a CD-ROM yeah. was all about. Um, <laughs> This then, this then actually moved from CD-ROM to SaaS-based applications. Um, and we were one of the first to actually integrate with Salesforce.com when Salesforce wasn't, wasn't as regularly known. So had a bit of a front row seat to witness firsthand the disruptive nature of cloud computing and, and, and how they went on to revolutionize the, the CRM world, right? Yeah. Um, Nine years ago, I moved across to Google. Uh, that was in the early days, really, of Google Cloud um, helping businesses uh, to understand how they could embrace collaborative ways of working, right? Using cloud-based tools like Gmail and Docs and Drive. They're all known as Google Workspace today. But over the past three years, I've been focused 
actually entirely on the on the growth of enterprise managed Chromebooks within the workplace. Um, and this year, I've actually taken over responsibility for the UK public sector, which I'm which I'm really excited about. Um, I find in the in the commercial space where I've spent a lot of my time, companies can can often be quite quite guarded and protective when they found good technology. They're they're typically less less willing to to share with others, right? Given the more competitive world they operate in. Um, but I've already experienced quite the opposite in public sector with a, a real willingness to share ideas with one another and, and help each other improve how, how they work today, right? And and I think this this willingness to help one another has been particularly true over the last year, right? Um, yeah. Where we've seen the way that, that we all work has, has completely changed, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, something really pleasing about about your journey from from the world of CD-ROMs. I, I remember, yeah, in the nineties, the equivalent of the internet was like a CD-ROM full of an encyclopedia. I guess that that was all you had. So, for you to have kind of made that journey all the way through now, I think that's that's great. It's a great transition. Um, and you you mentioned the public sector and, and and that spirit of sort of collaboration, and that's something we, we hear again and again. And, and I think bringing to the fore those ways of improving and optimizing where we are now in terms of how we work, where we work, what systems, what processes, what culture sits behind that. It's, mm. it's going to be key because let's face it, there aren't going to be pots of money swimming around as we have to pay our way out of what we've been through. So really interested in, in sort of exploring how these new ways of working can kind of facilitate best practice can facilitate better use of budgets and that sort of thing so yeah let's we'll, we'll jump into some of that as we go along i'm sure um mm. so let's let's take stock a little bit because i think we've we all say it's been an incredible time but that means different things to different people and to different organizations but for you in terms of the conversations uh, you're having and sort of you know your engagement with public sector organizations and so on we say the world has changed. We say we work very differently now. But what what are those big shifts that you've seen, and particularly how those ch challenges might have impacted the public sector as they look to kind of you know keep keep plugging on even in the most sort of difficult circumstances? Yeah, there, there was an interesting stat actually from McKinsey, which stated that organisations actually digitised. 40 times faster than executives believed was possible before the pandemic. And if we think about the public sector, departments and, and bodies had to had to really quickly roll out a strategy to, to mobilize their, their workforce almost overnight, really. It was it was quite a crazy time. I mean, many of our conversations moved from organizations discussing our technology as part of a two-year transition plan which very quickly turned into you know we need these cloud-based devices by by next thursday right so yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. it was pretty rapid rapid movement um thankfully we're, we're the type of team which means we were able to help several organizations to to make a transition to working from home and now helping them into the the world of of kind of hybrid hybrid work, um, yeah. but it it was definitely a a huge transition for the UK civil service, right? Where long standing efforts to expand flexible working practices had had in the main made made relatively slow progress up until um, 
recent recent days but it, it's been amazing to see the transition of so many right quickly finding ways to work together remotely um not only to maintain essential operations but to collectively tackle the national emergency right um help, helping protect you and i and, and the public through the pandemic um i i think where we are now we're beginning to come out of, out the other side and and beginning to to learn and, and better understand the lessons and and how everybody fared right and i think technology and it teams within the public sector um we've seen large differences between how 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 they have fared um and i think it it's become clear for many that it admins in particular need, need different solutions to, to help them meet the evolving demands and and new ways of working that that, that have been forced upon us really um yeah. and it's this kind of sudden disruption to the status quo and how we've always done things that that is challenging uh but we're finding many are, are looking to use this opportunity to to just think completely differently about yeah. things yeah. um yeah a, a good example i i guess of this and and one that i'm personally involved with is is really around legacy endpoints right if you think about laptops and computers that that we've been used to using they've not been designed or, or built to support these new flexible ways of working right when, when, when a high degree of intervention is needed by it teams to ensure that virus updates and software updates and os patches and data has all been backed up that's actually that that's really really tricky to do when so many of your workforce are remote right and it was a, a sudden remote right um so that that kind of way of doing things it, it it it's now seen as quite inefficient and and more importantly it can present security vulnerabilities as well yeah yeah, so I'm interested in, in I guess that that bridge between the, the culture and the where we are, and then and then getting into the sort of technological side of it as well, and, and how that's built. And I suppose, like you say, for, for IT teams, their their worlds are radically different, and probably will never be the same again. I mean, the idea that somebody from IT comes and stands next to you and leans over your keyboard and does X, Y, and Z because you you say it's not running properly. I mean this. It was so prevalent and yet now it's almost gone overnight like you say it's it's the transformation is just yeah profound and probably permanent to some degree right absolutely yeah and and, and you have a different expectation right if you think about em employees employees now expect especially now expect to be able to seamlessly work from from anywhere right on any device um I, I think the this expectation, particularly for for new employees entering the workforce, has always been there. This kind of more modern way of working. Yeah. Um, but IT teams now will will need to ensure that they're they're set up to to cater for a new hybrid approach to work, right? And and yeah. part of that is also in order to retain talent right you want to retain your existing talent that expects to be able to work this way but also attract new talent right yeah um i know when i first joined google the the bulk of pretty much every discussion we were having at that time was 
around combating the FUD, right? The kind of fear, uncertainty, and doubt that was being spread at that time around cloud computing. You know, was it yeah. was it secure enough? Could a real business rely on it? Was it was it just a, a passing fad, right? Um, and and these days, every public sector organization that we speak to has a cloud strategy, right? They're, yeah. they're either busily implementing it now or at least working towards it. Um, and and I think what what we've seen is those that that were further ahead in this journey certainly had less to worry about over the last year or so. Um, you know, many who had invested in SaaS-based products or virtual desktops, cloud-based devices. You know, they they saw that that home-based workforce swell from three to five percent to nearly one hundred percent. And for many of them, they, they didn't even break a sweat when it came to the technology itself. The technology just 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 worked, which meant they could focus on all of the massive tasks, right? That 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 they were faced with, <laughs> without yeah. any dis- any distraction from their technical setup, right? Which yeah. is which has been really really important. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't they didn't have time to waste. I mean, it was like every every day county when you look at things like HMRC building the furlough scheme in a matter of weeks and, and rolling it out. If you're stood scratching your head trying to work out the IT infrastructure that sits behind that, then you've got big problems. And so the idea that you can just hit go and the brain power is all focused on solving the problem, not setting up the implements and the tools and the processes and the software to, to even work on that challenge. That's that's a huge kind of starting point to, to, get, it, to get going with. And I think what's what we've also been seeing is that the organizations that are you know heavily into cloud already not just in terms of the way they work but then in terms of the way they can collaborate in the future you know interoperability between different data sets you know you've got health organizations working with social care organizations layering up data to create new insights around early intervention this sort of stuff so again like it's easier it makes it's easier to to run your teams it's easier to be in you know to be, to operate but then it also creates this next level of opportunity around okay well, what we, what do we do with all this data this is where the kind of the exciting stuff as we move out of crisis mode and into into the new reality the potential the potential is huge i guess yeah and i think that's it's a really important point that there's there is so much exciting technology that exists out there today right really innovative technology that it teams can 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 grasp to kind of drive everything forward. Um, we want to make sure that the amount of time that that is spent in in kind of living in the old world and the old way of doing things gets addressed, right? Because we do find it, it, it can really hamper businesses, right? When they are still, you know, in our world, seeing them kind of patching devices and worrying about security and 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 all of the usual things it's like actually you know forget that try to get yourself set up in a place where actually you've liberated yourself from a lot of that and you've freed up your time to actually go and focus on a lot of the exciting groundbreaking tech technology right that that yeah. is coming to the forefront yeah yeah um, and i suppose let's let's unpack this a bit because um we get set up right we, we we've got teams working remotely we've got tools we've got collaboration let's understand the art of the possible right what what can technology do in terms of you know chrome os and having all the tools and the chromebooks and you know this mm. kind of seamless integration between systems 
what's what's possible with this stuff what could organizations be doing beyond okay we can be geographically diverse let's start yeah. to understand a bit about the art the possible for what's coming next or what they could be doing already yeah yeah i mean chromebooks you know i i can speak to that you know being personally involved in that they, they offer some real key advantages in this kind of new way of working where we're seeing this this mix of some employees in office some employees at, at home and and this kind of hybrid way of working which to our mind is going to be very much here to stay right i think this is something we're all going to get need to get used to um i think first and foremost is security right um and this is something that that we often get raised eyebrows when we state facts like Chromebooks don't require any antivirus or encryption software, for example, right? CISOs kind of fall off their chair and say, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess everything they've been taught to believe, yeah. This is it. And it's, it is it is challenging that status quo of, of this is what I know and, and this is what I, I, I understand. And then you enter into this kind of new way of doing things um, and, and it's just, understanding i mean in, in the world of chrome it, it's due to the the kind of multi-layered security and protection right that a chrome device offers you've got things like a google design titan c chip on every device and sandboxing in the browser data encryption regular automatic updates happening in the background so you don't ever worry about patching or anything like that again um and and you know we're proud of the fact that with Chrome OS, there's, there's never been a reported ransomware attack on any business education or consumer Chrome OS device, right? And for IT teams that, that have had to deal with the aftermath of an attack of this nature, yeah. and eradicating only, yeah. that, yeah. It, it, it's huge, right? And, and particularly so when you're worrying about devices that are scattered across the country in people's living rooms and kitchens and bedrooms as they're getting their, their job done, right? That's even more of a headache to kind of keep a CISO and an IT team up at night, right? So that security is, is kind of paramount. And that's what's leading up a, a lot of our discussions today around helping public sector organizations kind of uh, manage this new way of working. I think simplicity would, would would be next right so the simplicity of of management so giving the giving it teams the ability to manage several devices remotely through a cloud-based admin console right so um i think where where chrome tends to sit in, in this increasingly multi os environment with kind of windows and, and mac and Android devices and everything else, um, Chrome is often seen as the as a kind of set and forget OS, which has been very helpful in in recent days. Um, and that's really due to the significant reduction in support calls when compared to other operating systems. Essentially, down to the fact that you know it's being updated automatically, right in the background. Um, and in fact, the management of the devices is, is so simple. We, we we've got examples of a single person administering thousands of devices being accessed remotely, right? So it, it completely changes um, the perception and, and uh, of, of what's, what's possible. Um, 
speed is really important as well i think again as i say it's no exaggeration right when i say a lot of these conversations move from a two-year transition plan to actually we need to get things done by next thursday um so um the speed is at the heart of everything we do um chromebooks come with things like zero touch enrollment which again that's the type of thing that i think it is soon going to just become an expectation you should be able to if you're an IT admin, you should be able to actually organize to have a device drop shipped to an employee's home address. All that user has to do is unbox the device, connect to the internet, and all of the enterprise enrollment magically happens, right? And it just works for that employee. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that uh, was a long way off a few years ago and and today exists and has has really helped a lot of organizations right over the last eight, 18 months in particular yeah. um who suddenly found themselves sh shipping devices to users home addresses and, and figuring out how do i do this right do i send an it admin around to the addresses do i centrally bring them all in right there was a huge amount of complexity um, before you had things like zero touch enrollment. So yeah. um, as an end user, I think speed is really important as well. Again, the expectation of a, a device. Um, Chromebooks, for instance, come with a six second boot up time and something makes you think differently um, about your laptop, right? You're not hitting the on button and going and making a cup of coffee because it's behaving more like your smartphone is, right? With yeah. kind of automated updates in the background. Um, I think one of the biggest things in, in our world has been this um, adoption to a, a cloud first approach to things like collaboration, right? And, mm -hmm. and how actually a very simple cloud-based device can help to drive behaviors that are really needed now to be successful in this new world, right? Um, you want that device to be secure, but you actually want people working in a different way, right? So that everyone can move forward faster. Gone are the days of attaching various versions of documents and emails, right? Or thinking about storing important files on the actual device itself believing that's more secure right that that used to be the way that that we always thought about things um these days knowing that your files are being safely kept in the cloud and can be accessed from any device wherever the user happens to be is again becoming a, an expectation and and it's where you can just move forward that much faster right yeah yeah and it, it's in a sense it, it's about you know, removing the, the, the time and the effort around sort of practical mundane things so that digital teams, IT teams can actually start to focus their time on these kind of value adding activities as opposed to, you know, calling in a thousand laptops because they need updates or whatever. It's actually, they're actually, what, what can we do with our time now and our skills and our knowledge of you know, the IT infrastructure to do something that really enhances people's working lives as opposed to just keeps the lights on and you know keeps things going so you know these the the the, the less friction there is in in sort of terms of systems os's and so on then 
that's when the good stuff can happen elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a campaign recently that was all around liberating IT, right? Sending IT for instance, yeah. because nobody wants to be spending their life just patching devices, right? There, there, there's so much more exciting technology you can you can wrap wrap your head around, right? And and we don't need to do that anymore as well. I mean, yeah. I I guess having said that, we also need to appreciate it's not it's not easy to simply pick up and move to the cloud as well, right? So when I, I, I for one, fully recognize how frustrating it must be for public sector agencies to sometimes hear cloud vendors speak about the great option they've seen from digital native businesses, right? You know, yeah, this is interesting. Yeah. So see stuff like yeah, you, you're moving into an area that I really wanted to get into because you know in in the adage of the old joke well if i was if i was trying to get there i wouldn't start from here and, and that sort of thinking and legacy is a, it's a real thing right i mean it's profound yep. government organizations have so many systems so many different databases so much hardware and this idea that yeah if you could start with a blank sheet of paper it'd be it'd be happy days wouldn't it but legacy is yeah. real both cultural and technical so to your point there around adoption moving to the cloud sounds mm. great trips off the tongue but what's your experience on how organizations particularly public sector organizations can overcome and unpick those issues and make their lives easier as they make that shift yeah and you're right i mean the, the likes of airbnb and Deliveroo and salesforce and all the others they of course they fully embrace the cloud they don't have to worry about yeah. legacy systems they, they they set themselves up to work that way from from day one um I, what we tend to do is try to to really understand where every public sector organization that we work with is at in their own particular journey right to the cloud in order to determine if and how and when they can best leverage this tech technology and everybody is in a different um, part of that 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 journey, right? So um, we tend to help. Uh, we, we've got tools that exist that that can really help them to better understand, for instance, the the applications that their employees rely on each and every day. Um, we we offer our own kind of free to use tool set that public sector organizations that are seeking this in intelligence about where they can begin to leverage things like cloud devices, where their starting point would, would be for that, right? Um, and findings tend to reveal segments of, of the workforce who could actually move on to things like, like Chromebooks much faster than others, right? So often uh, a public sector organization's frontline workforce, for instance, might be the starting point for things like shared devices, which is a really good story where, where you essentially have a, a rack of Chrome devices that, that a frontline work, front workforce could quickly and securely access. Um, but we're also seeing some, some real trends at, at the moment around areas that, that, that we hadn't really thought to before, but areas like contact center, right? Where they, they seem to be a section of the workforce that typically has less of a dependency on a large number of legacy applications. They might have even moved on to a cloud-based contact center solution already, or perhaps is leveraging VDI today, right? And 
it's worth calling out VDI because that's featured in many of our largest deployments. We, we partner closely with Citrix and VMware and Nutanix and others, right? With, with Chromebooks now being, being viewed as an ideal tool to access whichever virtual environment of their choice, right? Ha happens to be in place. Um, so, so there are definitely ways and we, we would very rarely take a, a blanket approach, right, to any technology like yeah. this, because legacy applications, we need to work through that, right? And you need to work through that really down to segments of the workforce. But rarely will we ever find an organization that won't find some place to yeah. begin that journey, right? And yeah. and that's and that's really what what we're after. Where is that starting point for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, public sector organizations are unique from place to place. I mean, they all have their cultural quirks. They all work in slightly different ways. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach, is there? There's there's not a one-size-fits-all organization either. So it's interesting to hear that that's how you have to kind of respond and work with them in order to deliver that kind of more, you know, more bespoke solution and that sort of thing. Um, there's something I wanted to touch on because it's 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 an area that, doesn't often get mentioned in the same breath as, as IT and technology, and that's the sustainability agenda. Um, mm. Often the goals are around, you know, performance, capability, outcomes. Um, but there's, a, there's an aspect around sustainability increasingly. I mean, you know, we've got COP26 coming up and there are going to be there are going to be demands around how organizations operate, the choices they're making, their procurement ideas that are just going to become so prevalent that the idea that you can separate IT from, from the rest of the world is just not the case. So just wanted to, to sort of pick your brains a bit about this is how can IT teams bring sustainability into their thinking when they're, when they're sort of looking for solutions, because I'm not, I don't necessarily get the sense that it's particularly high up the agenda right now, but increasingly it will be. Yeah. I, you know, I think you're right. Sustainability we're beginning to see it much more in the spotlight, right? And and pleasingly, it, it it's actually being raised as a topic in in many more of our conversations. Um, I do think that's that's going to grow, right? In in time, um, I think environmental efficiency it, it it's always been a a core value of of Google's. We've been carbon neutral since two thousand seven. We've got a goal to actually get to be running completely on carbon free energy by 2030. Um, and I think if I think about sustainability within the public sector space, you know, three quarters of councils in, in the UK, um, as well as many NHS trusts have declared a climate emergency, right? So um, we've, we've personally worked closely. One example who uh, there's a public case study on uh, was really around Kingston and Sutton, right? That was a trust. Um, where we've been fortunate to work closely with them um, in in 2019, they declared a climate emergency and committed to deliver carbon neutrality in their council operations by 2038. Um, we had already been been speaking with them about Chromebooks, um, and they actually worked with an environmental consultancy called PX3 to undertake an audit of 
things like the power saved, right, by moving from older desktop devices to Citrix VDI and Chromebooks, right? The power management capabilities, efficient charging, optimized device performance, um, sat alongside Citrix, ensuring all computing power is performed centrally in the cloud. Um, and they actually benchmarked a 32% reduction in energy usage with the move to Citrix and Acer Chromebooks, um, which led to real savings, right? Um, what, what was interesting, I, I found it really interesting just as a visualization, was that if you combine this reduction with the resultant reduced levels of commuting by employees, right? Because they're working from home and they've got that mobility to work from home on, on these device, on these cloud-based devices, um, you would need 3,700 acres of mature forest, which was roughly one and a half times the size of Richmond Park, right? To remove the equivalent amount of pollution from the atmosphere. So on the back of this study, there, there, there were some really interesting stats that, 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 that came about. Um, and, you know, if I think about technology partners that we work with, a lot of them are really determined to make a difference and, and really focusing on this. Um, each year, there's 8 million metric tons of discarded water bottles, right, which find their way to our ocean floors. It's the equivalent weight of 57,000 blue whales. So it's, it's, it, it's startling what's happening out there, right, that a single-use plastic bottle takes 450 years to decompose. So there's, there's partners like HP, for instance, whose latest Chromebook is made up of 75% recycled aluminium. The keyboard includes 50% recycled plastic. And the speakers are actually made from plastics that were previously ocean-bound, right? Meaning they're, they're found within 50 kilometers of an ocean coastline or a, a major waterway that feeds into the ocean. Um, we, we do let technology buyers know about tools such as the Energy Star rating and EPEAT, which is an electronic product environmental assessment tool. You know that these tools make it easier for organizations to to shop for environmentally friendly products essentially purchasers can evaluate the effect of a particular product on the environment right and and ep for instance assesses various life cycle environmental aspects of other device and and ranks products as kind of gold silver or bronze so these are all things that i think will find their way into kind of tenders and so on and, and rightly so right they, they, they should become much more of an expectation um, from our side uh, within the chrome team we're really challenging the perception of uh, what has become somewhat of an industry standard of, of the kind of three to five year device cycle refresh right um, Chromebooks now come with eight years of OS support from the date of manufacture and, and being kind of lightweight devices with a durable design and components like spill-proof keyboards and scratch-resistant Gorilla Glass. These devices are, are lightweight and they should last longer than that, right? So yeah. we shouldn't always be benchmarking against a three to five-year device cycle refresh and all of the kind of e-waste that comes along with that. Um, 
last last year google actually acquired a business called neverware um which has provided us with technology that that's now able to convert older pcs and macs into chromebooks um it offers 13 years of os support from their original data manufacturer which as you can imagine that's not only uh, the potential to 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 save considerable amounts of money to avoid the next hardware refresh cycle. Um, but it's also a really great example of, of sustainable IT, right? Um, and getting more from your hardware that, that exists, which is, it, it's a very, very interesting time, I think, for all things yeah. sustainability. And, and we always welcome that discussion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's great to hear that there is actually so much being done and so many options already. And it, as you say, it will only it will only accelerate. And the idea that IT teams are sort of very big consumers and everybody else is sort of doing the hard work in terms of reducing, you know, footprints and, and that sort of thing. There's not a magic bullet. So every every member of every team in every organization is going to have to be pursuing the sustainability goals in the way they work, in the way they you know, procure. And the government have brought in, uh, I think the detail, I think it's if, if you're bidding for a contract worth over £5 million, then you have to have a clear commitment to being carbon neutral. You can't just say, yeah, yeah we're green. You, you actually have to demonstrate it even to get into the bidding process. That's a fundamental yeah. shift in the way public sector procurement is going to be working. And so yeah. if you as an organization haven't got your ducks in a row and haven't got a solution which fulfills that, then, you know, there's no future in the public sector market for you. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, totally bring it on. Right. This is an area that, that I'm really passionate about, you know, being the father of three young boys. Suddenly, I think that it it, it changes your perception and mindset of how important it is and how seriously we take all, all of this stuff. And I think government leading by example is is fantastic to hear, right? And 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 needs to happen. And you know, again, a lot of this comes down to just challenging the status quo, challenging, you know, as I say, that that three three-year device cycle refresh doesn't need to be like that now, right? It, it's different. So um, it's a it's a good conversation to be having, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like we've I feel like we've we've transformed the way people should be working. We we've outlined how we're going to save the world. We've we've done a good job of um, covering a lot of ground in this conversation, which is which is good. I mean, these are the big issues that need to be brought to the fore. Pleased to say you're also going to be joining us for the conference next month as well, uh, joining our panel discussions, uh, which is which is great news because I think hearing how um, you know we need these real world examples of okay here's technology but what's it doing what can it deliver how can it change how we work so we're, we're looking forward to hosting you uh, at the conference next month um but in the meantime i think having having outlined how the world's going to be saved we've done our job for the day uh i just <laughs> want to say to say linda thanks thanks for joining me it's been a really enjoyable conversation yeah thanks tim really nice to meet you and look forward to conference next month so thanks for having me so there we have it. Thank you, Lyndon, for that conversation. Really enjoyed drilling into some of those aspects of the remote workforce, the digital workplace, and how organizations are adapting to the new way of working. 
As we mentioned up top, Lyndon's joining us at the Local Government Transformation Show next month for a session that explores the future of the digital workplace. As well as Lyndon, we have an expert panel that also features uh, the London Borough of Harrow, London Borough of Haringey, and our own David Well, GM for Government. So people that are delivering on the front line, how they're working, how they're adapting, how they're enhancing the way that their teams operate in this hybrid model. Loads of practical insights are going to be shared there, so don't miss out on that one. It's free to register as always. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes attached to this episode, and you can join us for that live Q&A and panel discussion on the 23rd of November at 8.30am. So kickstart your day with a prototype of how to work in the digital era. Look forward to that one when we come around to November. But in the meantime, that's all. I'll join you again soon with another conversation with a public sector changemaker. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>